Welcome to the Naked Party Time Podcast, where we get real and raw about life, leadership, and love. While having lots of fun along the way. So what do you say? Are you ready to get naked? Let's do it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we had so much fun celebrating our one-year anniversary as a podcast called what, Sabrina? Podcastiversary. (laughs) Oh, I missed it. (laughs) I blew right out of my hands. That's hilarious. I got so excited. Uh, We had so much fun that we needed one more episode to complete our celebration. (laughs) (laughs) If you are new with us on the podcast or if you've been a listener since the beginning, thanks so much for tuning in Mm -hmm. or watching on YouTube. My name is Jeff Manis. I'm here with my bride, my podcast co-host, my partner in crime, my queen, Sabrina, nice pose you did there for the online audience. Uh, How are you doing, Sabrina? Doing pretty good today. June 21st. So yesterday, if you're listening to this on the day it releases, June 21st was our 24-year wedding anniversary. That seems insane. We're recording this on June 17th, so we haven't made it yet. Well, hopefully we do. (laughs) But barring some kind of tragedy, uh, before now and Monday, we'll have been married for 24 years when this episode drops. When you add the five years that we dated prior to getting married, we've been together for 29 years, more than a quarter century. That's more than I was with my parents. Like, more than I... It was more than, it's, I've Anything. been with you more than half my life it's since been, I was 14 years old. It's been the old. best years of your life. Mm. <laughs> it is pretty insane. I was telling Derek, our executive pastor, because I'm taking Monday off for our anniversary. We give our staff their anniversary day and their birthday day off if they want it. Um, and I said that we've been together for more than a quarter century. That's insane. I know. It is insane. And Crazy. it has, I mean, now when you look back over the past 24 years, you're like, man, it flew by. Yeah. Now, it didn't, it didn't feel like it was flying. Yeah. But when you look at back at it now. Yeah. That, how fast it can go. Yep. So while this month is our 24-year wedding anniversary, it's also our one-year podcast anniversary, which is why we are celebrating that today. Last time, we answered a bunch of questions from our listeners, and we have a few more to answer today. We also gave away $100 in prizes last time, and we have $150 Woo-hoo. to give away today. We probably did not get the names into... Oh, snap. <laughs> we did not. So we're going to have to do that. We might have to come back and add those in. Yeah, we'll we'll come back and tell you who the winners are. Uh, before we dive into the questions, oh, so we no, we can't do that because we, we don't have it ready. <laughs> I forgot to have you put the names in the little spinner thing. Yeah, we're gonna have to do that, and we'll add it. Yeah, we'll add it in. We're just go with the flow here, people. Yeah, or we can stop right now. Let's Let, do that. Okay. Okay, we are back. We paused for a moment. (laughs) Now we're prepared. We have the names in the little spinny wheel app that you have that randomly selects uh, the winner. And so this is, before we answer questions, this is for the $50 prize. We'll save the $100 prize for last at the end of the show. The $50 prize is for anyone who tagged someone else in one of our social media posts about the podcast. So you've entered the names of the people into your little name generator app. Why don't you go ahead and go? And I'll wait to uh, announce the winner until it actually stops. For the very end. Laura. I think she won again from last time, too. That's awesome. Uh, So, Laura, you win uh, $50 uh, for a restaurant, 
a uh, Target or Amazon gift card, and we'll reach out to you and let you know that you won. That's pretty awesome. We're going to save the last okay. one, okay. other one for last. So, Okay, we did get some great questions from people. We have a few more left to answer from last time. Some of the questions have given us ideas for full episodes in the future. So let's go ahead and dive in. Jada, our daughter, who asked a question because she wanted to win money, but she did not win. <laughs> uh, she asked, which is a great question, yeah. is it harder now that some of your daughters have started dating and why? So we have three daughters. Two of them um, are in relationships. Is it harder and why? Yeah, well, I... I don't know if it's harder. It's just a new dynamic. It's a new thing we have to figure out. Yeah. Because our son has been in relationships, but I don't know why it's different to have your son date versus your daughter's date. But it changes big time. It is different. I remember Jonah. It's not fair, but it's different. No, it is not fair. Jonah was in a relationship for a year, and there was things that we were trying to direct him in respect of the girl and her family but now that we have yeah. the girls i'm like we yep. feel more protective yep. i don't know it just it's so different i don't know how to explain yeah. it but yep it is hard it's yeah. hard to again i think you talked about this in the last podcast we're letting go of that leash yeah. even more as they try to figure out their life and their future and yep. what it looks like and is this the person i mean we've raised our kids that the point of dating is to get married if that's what you're yeah. supposed to do. Yeah. Dating is the, is how you find your spouse. Because yeah. that's the you shouldn't start dating unless you're ready to start looking for your spouse. Right. So when they wanted a date earlier, we were like, "Oh, are you ready to be married? Are you ready to live on your own?" Well, no. I'm like, "Then there's no point in Don't dating." Don't waste your time dating. Yeah. Now we do. We have some rules for dating. Yes, we do. So you have to be 16 to date. As, as far as like going out on a date, we yeah. can't stop them from having a crush or whatever, you know, the junior high things of we're going out, even though you don't go anywhere. Yes. And we've learned of some secret relationships. Yeah. Yep. But we do, <laughs> we do have 16 is the age that we allow our kids to start officially dating. Um, for our girls, I read a book called Interviewing Your Daughter's Date by Dennis Rainey. It's a phenomenal book about literally interviewing the young men who are suiting your daughters. <laughs> and uh, so one of the, so you'd be 16 to date. Uh, another rule I have for our girls is that you can't go out with a young man unless he's willing to meet with me first. And that came from that book. Yeah. Um, and I tell them if he's not willing to meet with me, then he's not ready to date you. Yeah. It's a respect thing. And if he doesn't respect that, he's not going to respect much else yeah. <laughs> that you have in your life. And then I have a whole interview, like written down, even points that start with the same letter. Of course. Uh, but I have a whole interview that I take him through. It takes about, what, 10 minutes maybe mm. at the most. No, because the first boy that you interviewed for Mariah, I actually timed it because we were watching you as you talked to him on the back porch. <laughs> and it was like six minutes. Yeah, it's not very long. No, it's not very long at all. But I just, I say, I let them know some things about, you know, that the priority for us is that our daughters love Jesus and that who they are with loves Jesus. We talk about the priority of in our priorities in our life of Jesus. Talk about the purpose of dating. We go back to that, that we believe the purpose of dating is to eventually, you know, find your spouse if that's what the Lord has for you. Mm -hmm. And talk about that. Um, talk about uh, uh, boundaries, about protection, that it's my job as their dad to protect them. Mm -hmm. And so there's boundaries. And, you know, I talk about some sexual boundaries and things like that, <laughs> which is always fun. 
I always pray with them too. Yeah, at the end. At the end. I ask them if it's okay if I pray for them. And anyway, it, we, we do a little interview with them. And the Mariah and Michaela have both dated more than one guy. And all of them have been willing to meet with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have their boyfriends over to the house. We'll invite them on activities or whatever. So yeah. it's, it is, it is, it's just different. Yeah. Every season of parenting has its own ups and downs. Yeah. That one is just a different one. And obviously the, it, the, the weight is, is more, Yeah. the, the, you know, the risks are higher mm-hmm. when they start dating or eventually if they are to get married, like that's, it's just that level, that weight is, is heavier. Yeah. So anyway, that's good. Good question, Jada. Uh, Jamie asked, and this is hear the question all the way through and then listen to the answer. Cause this could be offensive. Even just the question itself. Yeah. Do you believe Catholics know Jesus? When I tell my boyfriend, who is Catholic, about my relationship with Jesus, he seems to understand and says he has one too. Is that possible growing up in a Catholic home? Is there a good way to make sure he knows the real Jesus? And Sabrina, you said you wanted to tackle this one. <laughs> no, I didn't. So we're not. just going to go ahead and let Sabrina roll with this one. Nope. I, I read your answer, and it's really good. <laughs> you are very wise. So I don't think this is a question we need to ask about Catholics only. Right. It's a question about for anyone. Yeah. There, because there are lots and lots of people who grew up in the most biblically sound evangelical Christian churches who don't really know Jesus. Right. The, the kind of church you grew up in has nothing to do with whether you know Jesus yeah. um, or not. So can a Catholic know Jesus? Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely they can. And I'm not trying to trivialize your question, Jamie, by, by my tone of voice here. But this is a common misconception in Christianity is that Catholics aren't real Christians and whatever. Other Christians are real Christians. Yeah. And I, and I understand there, I understand why there can be some confusion. I'm going to kind of try to address that here. Catholicism is a branch of Christianity. So if you view Christianity as a tree, mm-hmm. Jesus is the roots. He's the root and he's the trunk. Okay. There are then three main branches of Christianity with lots of twigs and other branches <laughs> shooting out of it. That makes sense? Yeah, I think that's so a good picture. picture Jesus. He's the roots. He's the trunk. He's the vine, if you will, according from, yeah. I mean, that's scriptural. And then all of the other offshoots of Jesus are parts of Christianity. And the three branches are Catholicism, Eastern Orthodox, and Protestantism. Those are three main branches of Christianity. And then another branch off of Protestantism is, is called evangelical. That's what we are at Element Church is we are evangelical Christians. All the branches of Christianity do believe in Jesus. The Jesus of the Bible, God in the flesh, died for the sins of mankind. Yeah. Which I don't have time to get into here. But that's different than Mormonism. Mormonism is not a branch of Christianity. Catholicism is. Mm-hmm. Okay. So each of the three branches, Catholic, Eastern Orthodox, Protestant, believe in Jesus. We just sometimes differ on how we gain access to him mm-hmm. or how someone is saved. I'm going to leave Eastern Orthodox alone. It's got its own twigs and branches. Mm-hmm. That would just take forever to talk through all of yeah. that. It has its own denominations and churches. Protestantism then started under the influence of Martin Luther, the Protestant Reformation in the 1600s, uh, 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 con- uh, concerning you know, major problems that they had with, with um, some errors that they saw in the mm-hmm. Catholic Church. Specifically, 
Um, the authority of Scripture being one, that we believe in Scripture alone as our source of, of guidance, not just the church leaders or, or, or whatever. The necessity of faith alone in Jesus to be saved was a big one that Martin Luther, in his 95 theses he posted on the wall, like there were some major problems that Christian leaders had with the Catholic Church of that day. Yeah that then started this offshoot of Christianity called Protestantism that we're a part of today. And those are two, the authority of Scripture, faith alone in Jesus, among others, many others, that is what started Protestantism, okay? So evangelicalism puts an emphasis then, a major emphasis on evangelism, specifically someone being born again, hmm. which is scriptural again from Jesus' mouth himself. I do believe there are some roadblocks unintentionally built into the Catholic church that can make it more difficult for someone to understand mm. the necessity of faith alone in Jesus for salvation. That's good. Yeah. It's unintentional. Right. But I can see how there are some roadblocks there that can make it difficult for someone to understand a relationship with Jesus alone for my salvation, specifically the um, pr a practice of confession to a priest. We don't believe that you confess your sins to any human being for forgiveness. You confess them to Christ alone mm -hmm. and he forgives. Um, the praying to saints, I don't believe that's scriptural at all. We are to pray to God the Father through Jesus Christ. We pray to God, the Spirit, the Trinity, mm -hmm. three in one, that we don't pray to saints that's again, that's how I view scripture, but I can see how that could be a roadblock to yeah. someone gaining access to Jesus by thinking that you have to pray to whatever, Mary, Peter, any of the saints that have been mm -hmm. listed in the Catholic church. Communion's a big one in the Catholic church that in, in Catholicism, painting with broad strokes, when you receive communion, you are receiving forgiveness of sins. Mm. That's why communion is so, so important in the Catholic Church. Every week when you take it, you are receiving forgiveness. Mm. You are receiving the blood of Christ in that moment. In fact, Catholics believe in what's called transubstantiation, that the, the bread becomes the body of Jesus and the, and the wine or juice becomes the blood. Mm. So you're actually receiving the blood of Jesus, not symbolically receiving it. Mm. And then infant baptism is also in many Protestant churches, Lutheran, um, Methodist, Episcopalian, but Catholicism, um, infant baptism can, can be a roadblock to someone believing in having a personal relationship with Jesus because they're counting their baptism as their salvation when they were six weeks old yeah. and not a decision to have their sins forgiven. Yeah. So again, we differ in that. We do not believe that baptism saves anybody. It's a symbol of the decision to put your faith in Jesus. Um, so th those are our roadblocks and there are roadblocks in every denomination, yes. including our own. Yes, of course. So yeah. I'm listing some Catholic roadblocks, but there's roadblocks in every denomination mm -hmm. that can keep people from truly being in a relationship with Jesus. So does that all make sense? Yeah, that was really okay. good. Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey my commands. Mm -hmm. So according to Jesus, that's how we determine if we're in relationship. Hmm. Am I following him? I can't claim to be a follower of Jesus if I'm not following him. 
Is there fruit? Yes. Excellent. Is there fruit? Mm -hmm. So is there a pursuit of surrendering to the will and ways of Jesus as expressed in his word? It's not a perfection, no. but it's a pursuit. Am I pursuing his will and his ways as they are expressed in his word? Yeah. James 2, 19 and 20. James, the brother of Jesus says, you say you have faith for you believe there's one God. Hmm. Good for you. Even the demons believe this and they tremble in terror. Hmm. How foolish. Can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? Hmm. In fact, the better translation is faith without works is dead. Yeah. So I can say I believe in Jesus all I want. That means nothing. Have I surrendered to him? Am I, am I actually allowing him to transform me into his image? That's the difference. Yeah. Are you changing? It's not words. It's your attitude. It's your, it's your surrendering yeah. to him. First John two, three and four, and we can be sure that we know him if we obey his commands. Mm -hmm. If someone claims I know God, but does not obey God's commandments, that person's a liar and is not living in the truth. Mm -hmm. Again, not perfection, but it's that pursuit. Because right. also in first John, it says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Later on in first John three, nine and 10, those who have been born into God's family do not make a practice of sinning. They're mm -hmm. not habitually just continuing to sin, rejecting, rejecting God because God's life is in them. So they can't keep on sinning because they're children of God. So now we can tell who are children of God and who are children of the devil. Wow. Anyone who does not live righteously and does not love other believers does not belong to God. Capital D, dang. Yeah, exactly. So this is, a, I mean, this is a, pe people spend decades studying this and, and, inform, and writing books about it and whatever, you know, teaching on it in college. And we just you know, tackled it in 10 minutes. So yeah. in no way am I, are we solving this, this question or, or this issue, but can Catholics know Jesus? Yes. Mm -hmm. Just like anybody can know Jesus, but it needs to be the Jesus of the Bible. Jesus, God in the flesh yeah. died for our sins, rose from the dead. And by faith alone in him, am I saved? And when I'm saved, I will then follow him. Mm -hmm. I will be different. I'll be different. Mm -hmm. So then that, in my mind brought up some other statements people make like, well, I've always been saved. <laughs> no, you haven't. No, that's not possible. No. <laughs> that's like someone asking you, when were you born? And you say, Oh, I've always been born. <laughs> that's not possible. There was a day yes. that you were born. Jesus said that we must be born again. Mm -hmm. That's because of our sins. We are dead. And by faith in him, we're brought back to life. We are born again. So my question to anyone would be, when were you born again? <laughs> and it can't be, I've always been. Yeah. Because we all have sinned. That sin separates us from God without putting our faith in him. We can't be saved. And again, the answer to when were you born again is, is not, well, I got baptized as a baby. You might have got baptized as a baby, but that doesn't mean you were a dry baby going in and a wet baby coming out. Yeah, you didn't understand what yeah, was happening. That was more of a dedication of your parents for you. It did nothing eternally in your spirit. Right. You still need to make a decision to put your faith in Jesus and then follow him through the power of his Holy Spirit. Baptism does not save us. Jesus does hmm. by our faith in him. So... And that's a ma major, major source of contention between many people in Christianity. Yeah. What is baptism? Obviously, in the Catholic Church and many Protestant churches, baptism 
is is a major major deal because many people believe that 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 is what makes you saved yeah. your baptism um lastly i'll say this uh louis giglio louis giglio who's one of my favorite pastors um I heard a message one time where he was talking about, you know, having assurance of your salvation. And he said, people always ask me, well, when did you, uh, when did you get, how do you know you're saved? Is what they said. How do you know you're saved? And he said, because I believe. And he said, they will ask me, when did you believe thinking that there's a point in the past that secured his salvation? And his answer is right now, hmm. right now, I believe. And that's what I would ask people. Do you believe in Jesus as your savior today? Mm -hmm. It's a choice we yes, make. Every day, every moment. It's not what happened 20 years ago. It's, am I, do I believe today? Yeah. Am I living for him today? Yes. Am I being obedient yep. today? And am that, I showing fruit today? That opens up all sorts of other theological debates people no, have about that Christianity. Was really good. But anyway, that I hope uh, helps answer your question. What was, who was, what was her name? Jamie. Jamie. Hope that helps answer your question. And by all means, I think we should, those we love, those we're in relationship with, we should ask that question. We should ask them. That should be a part of our conversation. Where's your faith at? Yeah. Do you believe in Jesus? Okay. Wh why, why do you say that? It's not a point in the past. It's today mm -hmm. that you believe. Okay? That's good. So Sabrina, read the next one. Okay. Our next question is from Kim and she asked, how do you juggle your ministry at home with your family and starting your own church while having young kids? We didn't. <laughs> we did we dropped the we were, might have been trying to juggle but we dropped those balls all the time yeah i i just we don't remember much yeah 14 years ago when we planted this church it was very stressful yeah. we had no idea what we were doing mm -hmm. we did have some training we went to a church planters boot camp which yeah. i would highly oh, man, recommend yeah. you get as much training as you possibly can before you start a church and have coaches and mentors because it is one of the hardest things you'll do in ministry. But there's there's literally pockets of time that we don't remember. Yeah. We were both very depressed off and on. Yep. Um so our mental health was kind of all over the place as we tried to figure this out. And we when we planted this church, we had four kids, five and under. Uh, Jonah was five, Mariah was three, Michaela was two, and Jada was four weeks old when we moved to Cheyenne to start this yeah. church. And we started, we moved in February, but started in October. So it was quite the process to even get there. Yeah. We had to meet people, make friends, all the things. But um, I don't know if we did very yeah. much right yeah. or in balance, but um, our, our, I feel like our kids were super adaptable yeah. and flexible because yep. we went to a different church every Sunday before in Cheyenne. We started, yeah. But yeah, before we started, and just go right to, in. and they would go right in yep. with, I mean, we left them with strangers every for week. months yeah. and they were just so good yep. about it. Yep. There, I, I would say this, that I don't believe there is such a thing as a balanced life. Right. Cause life is just unbalanced. And it's, un, because it's unpredictable. You can, right. It's yeah. unbalanced because you can't predict it. Yeah. You don't know when there'll be an emergency room visit. Uh, you don't know when there'll be a, a fire you got to put out at the church that you're the ministry you're working or the job that you're working. Like life is unbalanced. And, and people say things like, well, just, we're just going to wait till it slows down. No, that's a lie. That is a lie from the enemy. It never slows down. Mm -hmm. Life does not slow down. When you're in the business of people, you're, you're on call 24 yep. seven. 
There's, there's seasons, Mm -hmm. there's seasons where there's not a whole lot going on. And then there's seasons where it feels like everything is happening at the same time. I would say this, and we, you and I talked about this before we started recording the Sabbath could have been our answer to (laughs) juggling better. And we just didn't, we weren't aware of the practice of the Sabbath as we're doing now. I think it would have helped our kids tremendously. Yeah, I do And if, too. if, you know, Kim or anybody who's listening, who, especially if you have young kids, start practicing the Sabbath now. Yes. Because our, our, our kids now, as teenagers, they don't practice the Sabbath with us. We never taught them the value of it. Yeah. I'm hoping that they'll see the value of it in us now and then maybe add that to their life or when they have kids, add that. Um, I, I think if we would have started it when they were kids, they would have... St- they would have appreciated it and continued it now, even as teenagers. Yeah. But I, the Sabbath could have been the answer. Yeah, I agree. So good question, uh, Kim. Emily asked, what's the most powerful blessing this podcast has placed in your life? You have an answer? Besides um, what I wrote down? No, I, I like what you wrote down. <laughs> <laughs> I just said spending time together. like Not like we didn't spend time together before. But this has forced us to spend time in different ways. We're talking about some deep stuff yeah. with these podcasts. Yeah, and, and and maybe some stuff that we wouldn't just naturally yeah. sit down and yeah. talk about. Yeah, like we would never sit down and talk about kind of Catholic no Jesus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's it's, yeah. it's it's forced us to to think deeper together, think more spiritually together, and we just get to spend time. We we get to spend time together. We can dream about. The podcast, even coming up with, hey, what do we want to do for the podcast anniversary? Mm-hmm. Uh, we thought about let's give some things away. Yeah, um, have a contest, those kind of things. The upcoming episodes. So spending time together has been a great one. I another thing that I, has just been super humbling for us is connecting and influence, connecting with and influencing people we never imagined we would. Yes, like some of the people that have talked about our podcast, helping them, people that we already knew in life, just blew us away. Super humbling. I actually had someone message me this morning on Instagram who just started listening to our podcast. I don't know this person and she's going back and listening to our past ones and was asking, she was listening to the mental health one and asking me about counseling and Mm. what that looked like. And so I was messaging her this morning. So just, I don't know, helping us to reach people that we, that we may have never reached before. So it's been a huge blessing. Yeah, God's just using us in a different way. Yep, yep. Uh, Emily also asked, uh, Sabrina, you've talked about your truth statements, but I don't believe we have heard them all. Do you feel comfortable sharing all of them? <laughs> how much time do we have, Emily, yeah. is the question. Uh, how did you end up starting or even finding these statements? We, we're not going to share all of them. If you want to know all of them, she'll send them to you. Yeah, because I have, I have 188. Yeah, I have 114. So like for us to, to just read through all of them here, you guys would turn this thing off yes. if you haven't already. But I have emailed my list of true statements to countless people. So I'm more than happy to email you my list and you can go through it and take what sits with you and leave what doesn't and change it however it works. And I try to cite where all my true yeah. statements come from just so you, it, I don't, I don't know. I just feel like that would be helpful to me if I was reading someone's yeah. list of true statements. So I'll tell you kind of how I got started, but we're going to do a whole podcast. Yeah, we're going to do a whole podcast, this. maybe two on true statements. So, so I'll just give like a brief overview. In April 2017, 
I just came across this devotional on YouVersion Bible app by Craig Rochelle, who's a pastor of Life Church in Oklahoma. They have many campuses, um, but it was called Words to Live By. It's only three days long, so it's very short and sweet if you're new to doing devotionals every day. But in that devotional, the first day you listen to his sermon called Words to Live By that he preached in January, I believe it was 2017 mm -hmm. that he preached that sermon. And it was just something I had never heard before where he talked about how the previous year, 2016, the only thing he changed was the way he talked to himself. Mm -hmm. His life was still busy. It was still crazy. I mean, he's a pastor of, I don't yeah. even know how many people would call Life Church yeah, their home, but thousands. Yeah. And yes, and he is very, very busy. But he said the one thing that changed was his thought life and how he talked to himself. And I just had never put that together. And so then he has an, a great list to help you get started. So a, a lot of my beginning truth statements came from his list. And so I recommend that to people all the time. Yeah. But as soon as I did that devotional, I remember contacting three or four friends and I'm like, oh my word, you have to do yeah. this. This is so amazing. And then I just kept growing it and then Jeff started it yep. later. And so um, I just don't ever stop building on yep. it because every season is different. And I think if you read through my true statements, I mean, you can see all the inner yeah. parts of me and yep. what I've struggled with and what lies I believed and where I was at during this time. I do have some dates in there. Yep. I have some words of truth straight from God's mouth through listening prayer and or Splunkna, the two forms of counseling I do. Um, but it has just been life changing. And it's, these, sorry. No, it's, I'm done. The, these are not um, just, they're not like self help statements. Right. They're not positive thinking. These are rooted in scripture. Right. And they are meant to combat the lies that we tend to believe. The enemy, the devil, Jesus said, is a liar. That when he speaks, he lies because lying is his native tongue. Yeah. And then we tend to believe those lies. So the reason we have true statements is to combat the lies that we believe about ourselves, about others, about God, about our calling, our giftedness, mm -hmm. all those things. And so that's why we have true statements. Because if you if you don't have an anchor, if you don't have a foundation of truth, yeah, I'll use the word anchor because it fits. If you don't have an anchor of truth, you will drift with the lies of the enemy. Yep. And so these truths anchor us. Mm -hmm to the truth, Jesus himself, and to what he says about us in his word and what he says uh, about us, even like you said, through prayer that matches or aligns with the word. None of our truth statements are anti-scriptural. No. They're all rooted in scripture. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so that, that's where they come from. That's why we use them. Um, we both use them differently, but we say at, at least, we, we say out loud at least one truth over our life every single day, both of us in, individually. Mm -hmm. I have one truth statement that if I don't get any other truth statements in, I say that same one every single day. And you have your way that you go through them. Yeah. So typically we'll both say about 10 or more truth statements as a part of our morning quiet time with, with the Lord every day. Yeah. Anything Some, else on that? Sometimes I'll do 50. Yeah. Sometimes I'll be in public in a bathroom going through them. Like yeah, when you, when you I, start experiencing anxiety. Yeah, or, I keep them on my phone yeah. in a note. So we'll we'll do a podcast on yeah. it and really break it down and share more details yeah. and really go through it. But I am more than happy to share yeah, my just list email us. with anybody. Yeah. Just email hello at jeffmanis.com. 
com, and we will email you uh, the list, the full list. It is a, it's a lot. It is a lot. But you have to remember, I've been doing this for yeah. four years, and that is a long time. Yeah. And yep. I have read my Bible every single day. Yep. And yeah, sometimes you'll take something from a sermon. Oh, yeah. Like you've I taken have, my big ideas from sermons and made I them I have sermons. I have podcasts. I have prayers. I have devotionals. I have song Scriptures. lyrics. Yep. I have scripture. Yeah. Like, that you turn into true statements. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Uh, the book, by the way, Winning the War with Your Mind, that Craig Rochelle just released, is all about that. Yes. It's a phenomenal book. Oh, my goodness. And, and his book, really, the first four chapters walk you through listening prayer, yeah. which is the form of counseling that I do with three people every single week. Yep. Um, and I can email that to you. I yep. have the whole process typed out. But his book also really, he doesn't use the words listening prayer, yeah. but he's teaching you how to ask Jesus the questions to get to the root yes. of the lies. And once you and get rid of truth. a lie, you have to replace, replace it. it with truth because it leaves an empty hole yep. in your heart. And we don't want the enemy to fill yep. it with another lie. So we want to be in charge of filling it with truth and shutting that door yep. to the enemy because he will be quick to yep. refill it back up. Yep. And we don't want that. And before you, I'm going to throw this in too. Before you think, oh, I don't struggle with believing lies. That's a lie. Yeah. Listen to your <laughs> thought life. Every single person has lies they have believed, yeah. whether you realize it or not. Mm -hmm. We have to root those out and replace them with truth. And the, the enemy, because he's a liar, is constantly tempting us with lies. Yeah. And I think what's confusing is the lies. They sound like your voice yep. in your head and you have believed. Many of them start when you're a kid yeah. and you don't really quite understand, but that's when we're at our weakest, I feel like, yeah. and the enemy knows right how to sneak in and help confirm, you know, what somebody said to us. He can, he can, I don't know, almost yeah. give us proof that that lie yeah. is real, yep. even though it's not real. And so you really have to pay attention to your thought life and how you talk to people, how people talking to yes. you affects you yeah. and what you believe. And yep. if you pay attention to that, you will hear gobs of lies. Yep. yep. So we all, we, so we have to constantly, constantly be on guard yep. with lies, combating it with truth. Obviously, as you can tell, we're very passionate about yes. this. Yes. But we've just seen the benefit of it in yeah. our own life and in other people's lives. Oh, man. So, yes. Okay. Uh, this last one here, we're not going to share the name uh, because even the first name alone, I think, could be pretty sensitive with this question. Okay. I just want to be careful. Yeah. Um, they asked, if in a marriage there has been hurt and betrayal, and I've done so much work to let go and let God, but I struggle with triggers that just throw me off in, in, a, in an anxiety attack that I can't even think right. Hmm. In your podcast, you talk about overcoming these hurts in God's word, but I'm just stuck in the sexual part of trusting and I do, do good on some days. And then he does something, speaking of their husband, he does something that just throws me back. How do you overcome that? Hmm. I know intimacy is huge, but we have none and that's a problem. How do we fall in love again? <laughs> yeah, it, it, that piggybacks off what we were just talking yeah. about, right? Like, you have to find truth. We and constantly. we we know who this person is, and we've been involved some in the yes. in the conversation. So it, that's we can't answer that question thoroughly here. But I would say you both have to yes, be running after Jesus. Yep. like. He is on fire and you've got yep. to catch him. Like yep. 
you you have to both be pursuing him in such a way yep. that it does change both of you, yep. which then changes you together. Yep. And if and and I, I assume I'm assuming that when she says they have no intimacy, she's meaning sexual intimacy. Yeah. But I would say don't worry about that right now. <laughs> that sexual intimacy is fruit. Yeah. Of in, true intimacy in your your relationship your spiritual emotional mental you, you I mean there before there's true healthy sexual intimacy you gotta go all back you got how do I fall in love again well how did you fall in love the first time mm-hmm. what brought you what together? brought you together go back and do the things that cause you to fall in love you're married now so the your only answer is to figure this out yeah Again, we, in no way whatsoever are we saying to any married person that you should just like suck it up and have sex. No. If 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 you are if first of all if you are in an abusive relationship, you need to get safe. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. Doesn't mean you have to divorce them today. Right. But you you might need to separate. Yeah. You might need to get out of your home. You might need to make drastic decisions to protect yourself, your kids, those around you, and to protect the person who you're married to from doing something that they'll regret later. Yeah. So we're, we're not saying that you just got to stay in an abusive relationship, that you need to continue to be dragged down, whatever. But you do need to stay in that marriage and fight for it hmm. because God wants to restore it. Yeah. Right? Yes. But but so the, the sexual intimacy thing is like, man, that is so secondary. Yeah. To figuring out that there's, there's forgiveness that needs to happen. There's probably massive amounts of counseling yeah. for both people. Mm-hmm. And again, like you, what you said at the beginning was perfect. It takes both. Yeah. Like as much as you, I'm speaking of the person writing this question, as much as you want to solve this, if your spouse doesn't, you can't, you can't solve it on your own. Right. You can't control or change anyone but you. Yeah. And so that, that's, it's not an easy answer. You might have you might have to keep on doing all the things when they don't. Yeah. And pray like crazy. Right. I can't recommend enough in this situation for you to get the book, The Power of a Praying Wife, yeah. and pray those prayers over your husband. If there is a husband out there that is feeling this way, get The Power of a Praying Husband and Pray that for your spouse. Prayer is the best yep. thing because yep. God is the only person that can change yep. anybody else. It's not else. our last resort. It's the only resort. Right, right. So it's a great question. It's one I know that that this listener is wrestling with, yeah. has been, and we're with you. Yeah. We love you. We're praying for you. And uh, we know that God's, God's desire mm-hmm. is for complete restoration. Yeah. For every broken relationship out there. Yeah. God's desire is complete, whole transformation. Yeah, and we we're and we're praying for that for everybody who's who's in that. Okay, we should have ended on a more on an upper note. <laughs> but that's okay because it's real life, right? Well, like, this yeah. is an upper note. We're gonna give away a hundred bucks. Yeah. So we do need to do the final drawing for a hundred dollars. This is for people who created their own post or story on social media about the podcast. We've entered the names and we are going to spin. Spin. And then we're going to be patient and wait till it stops. 
Ginny! Ginny! Ginny wins one hundred dollars. Hot dog! Uh, so we'll reach out to you, let you know that you won. <laughs> we got the kazoo's going. Uh, Sabrina, any final thoughts? No, I, this has been really fun. Yeah. I, I, because, Thanks, everybody. Yeah, thank you for sharing our podcast, for asking the questions, for sharing the comments. All we're trying to do is be obedient. Yep. And yep. and it's it's super fun. Yep. So thank you everybody for your support, for listening, and we are we just we're just trying to have fun, and we'll keep doing it. Every month I say, should we keep doing it? And we keep doing it. Oh my! I work with Debbie Downer over here all the time. <laughs> I'm ready to shut it down every single month. <laughs> Why are we even doing this? (laughs) So the next episode, if we do it, uh, does drop on July 13th. If you do us a huge favor and share the podcast with one person this week, that would be amazing. Share it on your social media. Text it to someone you know. Email a family member or a friend or use a bullhorn on the street. Woo! And tell everyone about the podcast. Also, be a huge help for us if you'd subscribe it. Subscribe to it. Like it, rate it, review it, wherever you are joining in from. That's all we have. Sabrina, let's end like we always do with our marriage mission. We are united United in in Christ, Christ, unstoppable with Christ, and unbreakable because of Christ. Christ. Now it's time for you to go get naked. And party. See you on the other side. Thank you for listening to the Naked Party Time Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, rate, and review on all of your podcast platforms. If you're watching on YouTube, please make sure and subscribe as well. For more content, go to jeffmanis.com.